The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC presents the Pismo Beach Today Show. If it's happening in Pismo Beach, it's on Pismo Beach Today. Now, here's your host, Anita Schauer. Oh my gosh, it's Sunday. Good afternoon and welcome to the Pismo Beach Today Show. My name is Anita Schauer and I am your desired radio personality. Last week's special guest was Dana Cummings of AmpSurf. As Dana Cummings of AmpSurf told all of us, the complete schedule, or as complete as it can be at this time, is on the AmpSurf website so you'll know everything that Dana is up to. There's going to be a golf tournament in May at Finns on the beach underneath the big white tent and you may sponsor that and do all kinds of things. They need raffle prizes and that's all on the website. And then we're hoping that the World Paris Surfing Championship will again be here in Pismo Beach in December. So we thank Dana very much for that. And uh, there's a podcast of that show, of course. And today's special guest is Sienna Robertson. And Sienna is a school counselor at Grover Beach Elementary. And we have a very special project there, and we're going to learn all about it. Let's talk briefly about the sponsors of the show. Robert Robert, who is Dr. Electric, because your electrical health is his main concern. Miss Etiquette, teaching manners to children and interested adults. And then... Diamonds Jewelry and Loan in Santa Maria with their spectacular location there. And remember that Bobby has bicycles, jewelry, painting, sculpture, more jewelry, power equipment. Go in there and really have a wonderful time and visit with the staff and visit with Bobby. They also have Apple AirPods, air compressors, and there's an archery department now. Miller at East Main is the location, closed on Thursdays and Sundays. Phone 805-314-2028, 805-314-2028. Jim Dritzes of Dritzes & Company for all your accounting needs and tax and accounting questions. Bruce Van Vork of Finn's Seafood Restaurant on the beach at the end of Grand Avenue. We want to thank Bruce, for always supporting the Five Cities Homeless Coalition and AmpSurf. That's fabulous. Thank you very much. Remember, they have great food and great music. Dr. Dan Kopp of the Kopp Dental Group. And that includes Dr. Kopp, Dr. Mike Roberts, and Dr. Alina True. 543-5321. 543-5321. And Dr. Kopp's highest rating for this year. 100 trillion, 550 million. Several billion and a nonstop super gajillion. And thank you very much for my beautiful smile. Pismo Dice with Pat McCann. Remember, you can go to Blast and Brew on Price Street, Pismo Beach to buy the wine and all the things that say Pismo Dice are in there for sale. And remember that Pismo Dice wine is served at Splash Cafe, downtown Pismo Beach. Sierra Body Shop, Grover Beach on beautiful South 4th Street. Special hello to Johnny. Hello, Johnny, dear. 805-481-3855 is their number, 
888-382-3855. They'll give you a courtesy estimate on your vehicle's repair, and they have a courtesy vehicle that'll take you to and fro and fro and to. Royal Grandy Home and Garden, 20,000 square feet of retail for home and garden. There's always some kind of sale in there. Go. 1578 West Branch Street, phone 779-3080-805-779-3080. And we welcome Doug McMillan and Rose's Restaurante and Ada's Fish House, both located on Price Street. And please uh, call for information, directions, and reservations. 773-0551, 773-0551. Roxy Buchanan of the Natural Toolbox in the Pismo Outlets opens at 10 o'clock every day. Go in there and buy something from all of our local artisans who have their goods in her store. We welcome Kautz's Chevron, 13th at Grand Avenue, Grover Beach. All you can imagine in service, ice cream, beverages, ice cream, food, sweatshirts, gloves, ice cream, and they have a car wash. Elizabeth Head Insurance Service is now on West Grand Avenue at 9th in Grover Beach. To find out the joy of owning an umbrella and an umbrella policy, policy please call Elizabeth Head, 481-5324, 481-5324. And the United Way of San Luis Obispo County, 541-1234, 541-1234. And we're going to give you some website information as soon as I get it from the United Way about taxes and who can help you. That would be helpful. Brenda Auer, wonderful human being and a Cracker Jack realtor on the Central Coast. Her office Located in the village of Arroyo Grande, she can suit your real estate needs if you give her a call, 805-801-6694, 801-6694, and Splash Cafe. When you're waiting in line, go online to Splash Cafe Products, and they will be delivered to your home, and that would include... Their famous clam chowder, world famous, please. Award-winning cakes, baked goods, spices, and things to wear. So do that. Activity guide out. It's been out since December. If you need one, don't have one, 805-773-7063. 773-7063. Remember to visit and enjoy the many parks within Pismo Beach. Recreation questions, you know who to call. Colleen, 773-7063-773-7063. And remember, the egg extravaganza is scheduled for April the 8th, 10 a.m., Dinosaur Caves Park. City Council meetings, first and third Tuesdays, Pismo Beach. So the next one is the 21st. Get there at 5 o'clock so you can get a front row seat. Pismo Preserve is open as long as it's not raining or it hasn't rained and things are not uh, less than saturated. Any questions about that, call the Land Conservancy, 544-9096, 544-9096. Airstreams on the pier. One is, well, they're all 
excuse me, the visitor center that's on the pier. That one is courtesy of the city of Pismo Beach. There's a restaurant out there too. And then of course, things to buy so that you can go fishing. That's the other one. Questions about the area, go to the visitor center on the pier. Farmer's market starts April the 5th to October 5th, four to seven. Remember to bring your cloth reusable bag because they don't give out plastic. Hooray! Two beach chairs available to you by contacting the Sandcastle Inn on the beach. Courtesy of the city of Pismo Beach, 773-2422 is the number for the Sandcastle Inn. You may rent it free of charge, not the hotel. The beach wheelchair, you may rent free of charge for three hours, 773 2422. And thank you to the volunteers who descend upon the pier, the pier plaza, and our beach every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Remember, there's no smoking downtown Pismo Beach, no smoking at the outlets. If you have to smoke, take your butts with you. Symphony, San Luis Obispo, we're all ticket holders in the five cities. Remember, that started February the 11th, and there is a symphony in March. So you want to go online or you want to call the office in for information. 356-1338, 356-1338. And now may I present Sienna Robertson from Grover Beach Elementary School. We're going to hear about a fabulous project. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm excited as well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're welcome. And word travels when there's somebody really exciting that we all need to interview. Well, <laughs> so we want to thank Juan Carlos because he's really good about all this. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Juan. So tell us what this project is and which students are involved. Is it the entire school or is it just particular students? Yeah, great question. So, um, so at Grover Beach Elementary, we are an international baccalaureate school. So we're the only IB school in the area. And really what that means is that it's a student-driven curriculum. And we really want to foster the sense of responsibility, of agency to develop not just learners, but also global citizens. And so the work that we do is inquiry-based. So we ask students and invite students to make meaning not just of the curriculum they learn in the classroom, but also of the world around them. Um, so the project that we have going on this year um, is a partnership with Gravity Water, which is an international humanitarian organization. Um, they're based in California, but they partner schools stateside with sister schools in developing countries. So our particular sister school is um, one in Vietnam. So the exciting thing about this particular campaign is as an educational fundraiser, it's really the students who have developed the entire process. So since November, I've been working closely with the fifth and sixth graders on their own time, during their breaks, during their lunches, to help develop this entire campaign. So first and foremost, it's been the most incredible, inspiring thing to sit back and watch these 10 and 11 year olds take on this project. So may I ask how many are there? So there's about 15 consistent students that I work with, but it's open to anyone and everyone. Um, and then so, did you come up with Gravity Water? Is it something that you're familiar with? So I am, yes. I've worked with them in the past. And so as my first year as a school counselor at this school, I wanted to bring this project um, and this vision to the students as well here. Okay, so you mentioned it's an educational fundraiser. What does that mean to the lay public? 
So what that means is that we really want to not just raise funds um, for this particular organization, but also raise awareness. Um, so raising awareness about the global water crisis, raising awareness about the basic needs and basic humanitarian um, rights that we all have as global citizens. So the students have been learning about the global water crisis. They've been learning that water just doesn't come from the faucet in each one of our classrooms. So they put together presentations for all of the classes at the school and they've actually given those presentations and shared this knowledge and this information with their peers. Um, Will there be an opportunity for some kind of a workshop that adults may come to the school and listen to this? So I love that idea. <laughs> and that's definitely something that we can work on. What we did is we um, gave some information, um, informational pages for the students to each take home to their parents and their families. So we've communicated with the families um, with our school through our different communication platforms. Um, but this is an opportunity for us to really extend to our community and model to our students that in order to do good, sometimes we need to partner and we want to partner um, with our community and our generous organizations that we have here as well. So you're going to raise funds, the children are going to raise funds, and what are the funds going to purchase? And is that does that include some of these students going to Vietnam? So uh, our goal is to raise $2,500 by April 1st. So we started the official campaign February 1st. So we have two months as a school to raise these funds. Um, and the funds go towards building a sustainable water system that the Gravity Water team themselves um, build. So they, they travel to our sister school in Vietnam, chosen by our students, and they help the local community in Vietnam um, build this um, sustainable water source. So they use water. Um, so that way it's energy free, it's sustainable, and it's something that they already have accessible to them. And are we talking about the North Island or the, or the South Island of Vietnam? Uh, this is in Bac Ha, Vietnam. And when, where is it? Um, I can look that up. <laughs> I'm not sure. I believe. Are we near Ho Chi Minh City or is it the other island? I am not sure the exact location. That's something that I will have to look up. But that's also something that can be found on our informational website, too, that I can point right. I'm sure that people would like to come to the school and watch the students give their presentation and to be able to understand it more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So a, a few ways in which we've tried to provide more information for parents and for our communities um, is by reaching out to some of those um, uh, community partners. So we've spoken at um, the Rotary Club. Yes. Um, and so we've also tried to partner with other organizations as well in our community. Um, because again, it's a community approach. It's a humanitarian issue. And we really want our students to be able to share their passion um, with you know, with our, our community at large and our global community at large as well. Is there a website where people may make donations? There is. So for our particular um, uh, program or our particular campaign, um, anyone can log on to the website gravitywater.org backslash grover hyphen beach hyphen elementary hyphen school dot html. So I know it's a mouthful. So it's gravitywater.org backslash grover hyphen beach hyphen elementary hyphen school dot html but wait it's hyphen after elementary it's hyphen and then school and then what and then dot html html all right and you're how close are you to your goal 
So we're at about 900 right now. So the students um, all have collection envelopes set up in their classrooms, um, but they also have developed the sort of shop that we have on Fridays. So we have one student, for example, she likes to bead. And so she's been beading bracelets. She's been beading keychains. And so she's been selling those to other students as well on Fridays. We have one who um, develops little candy gram bags that he's selling. And so everyone is participating. One student has brought in stress toys that we're selling. So um, all of these little items that the students are passionate about bringing and sharing and to raise awareness, it's another avenue in which we can talk about this common goal together with our students and raise funds at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Sienna Robertson. Was that your idea to have this little store? That was the student's idea. So that's wow. what's so great about it is we lay out the goal, which is $2,500. And then it's amazing what students can come up with when they're given the space to create. So again, as an IB school, we really invite them to make meaning of this project for themselves. And they're like, let's do a store. I can bring in this. I can bring in this. And one student came up to me yesterday and wants to create a, a social media page for Gravity Water for our school. So if they if they have the space to run with it, they have incredibly creative, inquisitive, curious, passionate minds. Um, and that just it falls right in line with you know what we're trying to create here as as global citizens. So these fourth and fifth graders, this is going to go until June, and then will you have another group step in, or does it continue with these fourth and fifth graders that are in it right now? Yeah. So um, this particular campaign window ends April first. Um, so that gives the the Gravity Water team enough time to fly over, work with the um, community in Vietnam, and build the system. And at that point, come springtime, late May, early June, they'll be able to do um, uh, a sort of impact presentation for our, our school. So with photos, with stories, telling about you know the system that our students um, helped to fund and create. Um, so my hope is that next year. We'll do a similar project as well. So with Gravity Water, I just really, really appreciate this organization. Um, and with the same students that have been working on it this year, more students are invited to join. So this is really just us kind of trying to gain traction and gain momentum for some of these more humanitarian causes and really expanding the minds of our students from not just their local community, but um, you know, growing it to that of a, of a larger global community. As well. So these students are just gonna graduate from this project to the next project and add additional students yep exactly that's that's how it works so it keeps rolling there's you know there's always need and we get to choose how we would like to help support and fill that need so the students again will choose their sister school um so this particular school they chose is um, an elementary school as well so they really liked being able to um, share and give with students that were just like them across the world. Um, so next year, who knows, they may choose another elementary school. They may choose a different kind of school. So um, is there a website that they may go to to find what is needed around the world? So Gravity Water does a lot of the legwork with that. Um, and then we're partnered with a Gravity Water representative to be able to, who meets with us every couple of weeks, um, who works with those logistics. So she'll present some schools to us. These are our options, you know, and then give us the choice to figure out, um, you know, where where we would like to um, put our energy and our time as well. So, so Gravity Water really is based in the United States. Is that where it started? Exactly, yes. So it was based, um, or it started in California, but now it's expanded. So working with schools across the states um, and partnering with sister schools in Nepal, Vietnam, Costa Rica, 
Um, so it's a continually growing organization. Yeah, I, I believe that we first heard about it through Rotary International. Yes, yes, absolutely. Correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and we're talking about fourth and fifth graders. Did you tell me how many approximately? Are you have 20? Yeah, so fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Um, and so anywhere between 10 and 20. So I would say there's about 15 consistent. Um, but, you know, again, they're in my in my office every day during their lunchtime. Um, they're excited. They're making posters. They're coming up with new ideas. They're always looking for new ways to not just, again, generate awareness for our, our students here, um, but also for the community at large. They have ideas how we can connect and join forces with um, the generosity of our community. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Sienna Robertson, a counselor, school counselor at Grover Beach Elementary School, which is really what I call a far out school. It's mm -hmm. really a great school. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Right. And we're always looking for ways in order to really grow our, our student body and not just, you know, growing in the classroom, but again, growing their minds and allowing the space for them to make meaning of their own education and to provide opportunities for them to um, really develop that independence and that agency here on campus. And it's been, I've just been floored. I've been humbled and I've been so inspired working with them. Does so, Grover Beach yeah. Elementary School have a uh, student council? Um, so they do, they do not. So um, they have something called Golden Leaders, um, which help to facilitate a lot of the projects that we have here on campus as well. So that's an after school sort of program. Um, but as far as, you know, your typical student council, um, we don't have that uh, structure here um, on campus. So we do have other clubs and ways for students to engage with their campus. Oh, what are those clubs? That ought to be interesting. Is there a reading club? Uh, there's no reading club. We have a homework club. Um, That's good. So read that. Um, but we also have, we have chess club. We have a robotics club. So they just won a couple of competitions recently. Um, so, and different teachers are um, working with students in a different capacity as well. So really trying to develop the passion. Um, well, Grover Beach Elementary looks like it's an entire block. Is it that large? <laughs> you know what? I think it is. I think it's an entire block, given the fields that extend um, beyond the buildings themselves. So lots of space to grow, lots of space to play, lots of space to, you know, to, to do good with. And is there a library that, that's accessible to the children? Absolutely, yes. So there's a library time that's scheduled into every class's weekly schedule. Um, and so they are, they are continually checking out books, checking in books. The librarian works with them, reads with them, teaches about library science. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's all very interactive, very collaborative um, approach to, to reading, to learning. And may I ask, are you new to the school or have you been there more than a year? So I'm new to this school. So this is my first year um, at uh, Grover Beach Elementary. Um, I was at a middle school previously. So the elementary world is something um, new to me this year. But I must say I have been so inspired, like I said, um, with, you know, what what such young minds are capable of. It's um, refreshing, isn't it? It's so refreshing. Absolutely. We've learned. I mean, we've heard so much about learning loss and all of the the difficulties and setbacks that COVID has really, unfortunately, um, given to a lot of our young minds and, and, and students. And also, it's also allowed for a lot of creativity and space and almost a fresh approach to how we how we're going to take learning under our wings and what we're going to do with that too. So um, I've been, yeah, I've been very, very um, 
encouraged and inspired by these students. What was the most fascinating part of learning about water for these students? What is it that really turned the light on in their head about water? When we engage the students in a discussion about where their water comes from, um, so a lot of them pointed to the faucet in the back of the room, um, and learning that you know some individuals, often women and children, um, walk for miles um, one way in order to just get enough water that we use in the span of a five-minute shower. Um, and so it's it's things like that that I think are really sobering thoughts and sobering realities, especially when images are used. Um, and you know, it's something that. I think at, at this age too, at the age of 10 and 11, they're really becoming exposed to the world at large. And there's a lot of amazing um, good that is in the world. And there's also a lot of things too that still are under development. Um, and so for them to have a part in making their future what they would like it to be, um, I think this is the age where they're really starting to turn on some of those light bulbs. Do they feel that everyone should have a timer right next to the faucet for when you wash your hands, brush your teeth, wash the dishes? That might be that might be our next project here on campus. We could definitely use that for sure. And do they have brothers and sisters that they're that they're giving this information to besides their parents? You probably know all about these students. Yes, so I'm hoping so. So a lot of the siblings are actually at the school as well, so they've gotten the message multiple times from multiple angles. Um, so, um, so we're really encouraging the students every time we talk to them. You know, if you can't raise funds, that isn't just what this campaign is about. It's about raising awareness too. So we talk about who they could share that information with. You know, talking about it more with their teachers, with their parents, with their neighbors, with their cousins. We had one student who, um, at their family extended family dinner, um, talked about this project with, um, you know, with the twenty plus people who were at that dinner, and then they all contributed a little bit. So that's the the foundational element of this educational campaign is so that you know we we are doing something meaningful um and we're raising awareness for the things that are important which are the basic human rights as a, as a global citizen that we have. is there a way to get coverage in our local newspaper about this project i'm hoping so so um i don't know if any of your listeners have any ideas of where we might be able to put a plug in about this project but because part of this is raising awareness, we just want to get the message out. Whether or not there are any donations, that's um, that's you know another avenue. But we just want to spread the word about the importance of you know this um, this global water crisis. So um, you know I was poking around at some of the local newspapers. So we're hoping to you know have have something in there. But if anyone has any ideas, I'm all ears. So please feel free to reach out. <laughs> and regarding Vietnam, have the have your students viewed a map of Vietnam so they know this is an island, it's not right here, and and we're going to help the people there? Yes, so part of our presentation um, involved a globe. So they located where we were at and then, you know, asked who knew where Vietnam was, who had heard of it, and then we kind of tracked it with our fingers all the way across. So they're able to see that where the country is in, in proximity to um, um, to where we're at here in California. Did you hear a lot of wow? Yeah. <laughs> yes, many, many wows. So, um, long, long way away. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, listening to Sienna Robertson from Grover Beach Elementary School. And after we take the short break, we're going to uh, continue this conversation about the water project that you are certainly 
do we want to say in charge with or do we want to say that you're helping the students with? I am a bystander in this. Okay. It is the students who really should be here, but I'm just speaking on their behalf. So, yes. And this is a brand new, this project started this year in 2023, right? Um, at our particular school, the organization has been going for about 10 years. Um, All right, one moment, please. We'll be back in five seconds. This is the Pismo Beach Today Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Stay tuned for more with your host, Anita Shower next. Now, back to the Pismo Beach Today Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Here's your host, Anita Shower. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for staying with us. This is the Pismo Beach Today Show, and our guest today is Sienna Robertson, school counselor at Grover Beach Elementary School, and everyone knows which school that is. It it owns an entire block on, <laughs> in South Grover. Got some good real estate, for sure. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, what, what wonderful far-thinking the city had to do that. Absolutely. The same with Grover Heights Elementary. It is enormous. Mm-hmm. And that's children need to play, they need to run, and they need to explore. Absolutely. So here you are sitting back watching this water project truly unfold. Mm-hmm. Does the library have a lot of books on water at the school? So they do have some. And so I've talked to the librarian as well. And so we try and integrate a lot of the conversations that we're having during our lunch times, during with the students in here, so that it matches and translates to some of the conversations that are happening in classes as well. So one um one class in particular just talked about um, the environment and recycling and so how do we incorporate the elements of the global water crisis that the students are learning about here to and connect them to the lessons that they're learning in the classroom as well so there's a lot of interdisciplinary connections that are happening do the children want to know how water is made safe to drink yep we talk about purification systems so um that all goes into the educational piece as well um, and so, um, you know, it doesn't just come from the faucet, it comes from our reservoirs and we talk about our local reservoirs and aqueducts and, um, what does that look like? Because we can't just dip a cup in the ocean, what has to happen? And so then you, you provide those questions for the students and then they start to come up with answers. They start to develop this inquiry based, um, learning. They're wondering why they have curiosity. And then, and then uh, are there field trips ever? There are field trips, yes. And yeah. then where do you go on field trips? So our sixth graders last week actually just um, went to science camp. They were up at, um, at Cambria for science camp. So they spent four days out in nature. Um, I know they did. A lot of them loved the archery and the, um, and I think they had axe throwing too. But they also learn a lot about the local flora and fauna and have a lot of those um connections to nature sorts of talks um and i mean and they're you know on their own they're away from home i should say with um with the camp counselors and with a couple of their teachers so they're really also learning that sense of independence as well and self uh, self-sufficiency and we want to thank dr electric miss etiquette diamond jewelry and loan jim dritzis bruce van vork the cop dental group pismo dice sierra body shop Royal Grandy Home and Garden, Doug McMillan, The Natural Toolbox with Roxy Buchanan, Couts' Chevron, Elizabeth Head Insurance Services, United Way of San Luis Obispo County, Brenda Auer, and Splash Cafe. 
Thank you very much for sponsoring the show. I always enjoy, I'm, most people enjoy just what comes out of the minds of someone who doesn't watch a lot of TV, isn't influenced by anything. It's just, what do you think? What is your imagination? So do the children have any idea about water in Vietnam other than you're going to help with a purification system, I believe, and you're going to take, you're going to send water over there that is good and solid and drinkable. Did they ever ask if their pets can drink water that's not clean? They haven't asked that particular question yet, but they have learned a lot about the school that we are sponsoring. So, um, so Gravity Water works with schools and regions that already get a lot of rainfall. So that really helps with the sustainability of this particular water system. So our funds go toward building this system, this clean water system at our sister school. So for example, our particular sister school um, is an elementary school and many of the students live at school for months on end. So they'll go months without seeing their parents because it's too far to get to, um, to and from on a daily basis. So um, a lot of the water, um, their water needs are met by um, uh, unfiltered water, by the use of a lot of water bottles. And so we also incorporate, um, you know, the, the impact of plastic um, in this global water crisis as well. So um, with our students, we talk about, you know, what would this one seemingly small um, accessibility to clean water do for these students? How could it open up their avenue for learning? How can it open up their, you know, their time for learning because they aren't worrying so much about where they're going to get their clean water? Do they ever ask in that light what they could do when they grow up as a job or some type of employment associated with clean water or bringing water to where region where to regions that don't have good water so it wouldn't surprise me that many of the students that i work with turn into humanitarian um, advocates um, their passion behind the work that they're doing here on campus is something that i think will translate to any field that they work with um, they're already giving not just their time but their energy um, and their money to a cause at 10 years old at nine years old. So I have no doubt that many of them will end up in fields where they're going to continue to give. And this is your first year there, correct? Yes. This is my Do you year. anticipate them coming back in five, six, seven years looking for you? I'm going to go find them in five, six, <laughs> and seven years. I'm sure I'll be hearing many, many stories about where they're at. So I'm so proud of them all right now. And I just, I, I can't wait. Given the passion that they have right now, um, you know, it's our job as educators in whatever capacity that might be to nurture and, you know, instill this sense of confidence and independence to, to be a citizen, to do good and to see where they go with that, with their own flair, with their own twist is, is such a fun process to witness. And do they have a particular color that's associated with this project? Have they thought about that? So there's a logo that we use quite often. So it's a triangle like made out of three droplets. Um, so different hues of blue. Um, so that's just the typical gravity water logo. So we put that on a lot of posters that we've made to put up around campus. Um, and it's also on our campaign webpage as well. And when you, when you say the word gravity, when you said that for the first time, did anybody not know what that meant or what did they think it meant? Mm -hmm. So that was another topic of conversation. So, Gravity, water. So these two concepts, these two ideas, how do they fuse together? So that's almost how we approach, you know, that, that inquiry model of learning. 
So you present this topic, you present this idea. How do they connect? How don't they connect? So the students started to put together, okay, gravity makes things fall. Okay, rain also falls. But how can gravity help purify rain that's falling? And so they kind of were able to piece together what this system in a very simple way, um, how it might function, what it might look like. Do they want to run outside and capture all the rain they can when we do have rain? Sometimes they put buckets out. I know this past month when it's been, you know, inundations of rain, we've definitely taken a look at rain differently now, for sure. And then where does that rainwater go? What do they want to do with it? Do they want to save it? Do they want to put it on the plants? Um, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know what comes of those buckets of water. <laughs> they put them out, and then they aren't there the next day. So I'm assuming some of them. Um, use it to water the plants the next day that we have around. Some of them probably just take a look at it, make experiments with it, um, and just they're curious about it. Does the school still have a little garden area? We do, and actually yeah. that's something that this um, next school year we're looking to develop into a sort of um, edible schoolyard garden. Um, so that's going to be kind of phase two. How do we continue to um, help the students co-create co their experience here? I remember that the school was very, very uh, parents hands-on at all times. Is that still the truth? So it's always something that we hope for. It's always something that we're working towards. Um, so it's been a little bit tricky. I think in, in uh, you know, after COVID, there's been a lot of individuals who've had to go back to work. Um, so engagement looks a little different now. So we're always looking for, you know, more engagement, more participation, whether that's in our um our parent teacher organization meetings or our um you know spanish parents meetings so we're really just trying to create a community here on campus which i mean there's there's never enough parents right we could always have more engagement or more parents um but there's so many different ways to engage um, with our students since we all share a common goal for them could we give the listeners an idea of how many students are on campus every day is it a hundred is it more so we are a K through six school. So we also have um, a state preschool on campus as well. So there's, you know, in between 400 and 450 students on campus every day. So we're bustling here for sure. Um, so there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of activity. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of learners who are ready to learn and open and curious learners. So you have, is it a PTA you have or, or a PTSA, parent, student, teacher? So we have a PTA here. Um, so at our meetings, though, we do provide um, we do provide dinners and we do provide childcare services. So I guess in that sense, it is PTSA. Um, we really just want to make it as easy as possible for our, our families to come together um, and help us all create this space for our, our young minds and our young learners to to be nurtured. Do you see a great change between one year and the in the next? When, I mean, you've been teaching previously is there a great difference from one year to the next with most of these students that you have hmm. well so since this is my first year here at grover right. Beach, i haven't necessarily been able to compare the students but previously them. could you see a big change i think the engagement has definitely been different so you know coming I, i've been in the counseling sphere for about seven years now so i've worked k through 12 and really seen um, differences in levels of engagement. Um, and it, I think it's easy to become discouraged sometimes. We can, we can talk a lot about the changes and this up and coming generation and a lot of the things that are, 
you know, really frustrating for us to contend with, social media, a lot of the mental health issues that are coming up and all very, very important topics. Um, but I think sometimes um, we can lose sight of still that playful curiosity that is inherent in, in all children. And I think that's something that this year in particular, our school has really tried to highlight and to focus on, um, focusing on that good, focusing on that light. Um, and so that's something that we want to nurture and that we want to bring back out because there's always stuff that's going to be going on that we can't control. But with what we do have in our control, what good can we do with that? And do these children in this uh, project, are they drawing what, what they think, what they see, what they imagine regarding water? Um, yes, so it definitely in the um, in the first steps of our uh, educational piece as well. So back in fall when we were just starting to really introduce the idea, talk about the idea, um, we had some pictures that we threw up, you know, what are your thoughts about this image? It was, um, you know, students um, filling up cups of dirty water. You know, what do you think they do with this? What do you think about this being their primary source of water? So really inviting them to make meaning of this picture. I'm not here to just lecture them and tell them why this is an important issue. They've all taken it upon themselves to determine this something that is worth addressing. It keeps you on your toes. It certainly does, <laughs> which sometimes works really well and sometimes falls flat, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt that anything falls flat. It's just, no, uh, yeah. you know, they have such inquisitive minds. They do, they do. And I think if allowed the space to nurture them and allowed the space um, you know, to, to grow those minds, um, I think in the long term, I think we would be surprised with the minds that we could have. Is nurturing the same as encouragement? Ooh. Hmm. Um, that's a difficult question. I think they're similar. I think they're nuanced. Um, I think, I think encouragement, I think nurturing requires a much more attuned, um, interest in a particular child or a particular cause. I think we can encourage anyone to do anything, absolutely. Um, but the attunement required for nurturing um, really comes from that connection with the student, that rapport with the student, and that that energy and, and wanting for that student to do good for themselves. Um, so that's where I maybe see the difference is, is what is the outcome? I can encourage positivity but I can also nurture their own inherent positivity and growth. And what do these students like best about you? They must tell you. Um, I think they like all the fidget spinners that I have in my, in my office. I have all the fun toys they get to play with. So that's, I think that's what I love in here. But I think they also just like a space to engage um, with an adult that's a little bit different than any of the other adults on campus. I think we're all we have a pretty incredible staff here and that we're all very student-centered and um and all have that common goal for the students and we all get to interact with them in different ways um i happen to be in a particular role where i get to fill in the gaps so um i get to provide spaces for them that look a little bit different than the four walls of the classroom um and and how i i get to engage with students and i get to work with students is is definitely a privilege and, and are you allowed to expected to go to the pta meetings so we definitely are 
all the staff is invited. And so depending okay. on the schedule, we rotate through who is in attendance at the PTA meetings or some um, some of our staff sometimes presents um, some things that are PTA meetings. And so there's a continual rotation of staff that's also in participation. And when the students come to school in the morning, where do they go when they get on campus? Do they go right to, is it called a homeroom? So we don't have homeroom here on um, on this campus, but they do have 15 minutes before the gates open at 8.30, school starts at, or breakfast starts at 8.45. Um, so that first 15 minutes that they're on campus, they're out on the blacktop on the field playing. So again, wanting to nurture that creativity, that self-organization, we want them to play. They're kids, they're learning, they're curious, they're figuring out what this microcosm of you know the, the bigger world looks like in their particular campus so they get to they get to play they get to start the day energized in whatever way works for them and then they go to a classroom and then they go to the classroom that's where they're going to spend um, uh, most of their day they'll leave the classroom for library for spanish so again it's an ib school really um, fostering that global connection so all the students on our campus um, have spanish class um, multiple times a week. Um, so they're all budding bilinguals um, and, and global citizens. Is there any way we can go to a, a YouTube channel and and watch some of this interaction regarding this water project? Or we haven't come to that yet. We haven't come to that yet. Um, but if there's anyone listening who does have a connection to the families at Grover Beach, I would encourage you to start that conversation with those students. And and ask about the project directly. They're, they're so knowledgeable about it. Um, and I think that they would be more than happy to share. Are we allowed to come on campus, just a, a regular person come on campus and uh, visit for a day or do you have days when people are allowed to visit? So typically it's been parents um, or interve intervention specialists who have come on, on campus during that time. There is a screening process at the front office, um, but you know, I, you know, I think contacting the front office directly, they might be able to help, be able to help um, you know, potential issues out a little bit more with what that process looks like. But you know, I don't see any issue with you know, if there's an interest in what their particular shop looks like, for example, on Fridays. Um, calling ahead to the school, kind of explaining the situation coming through. And as so long as they pass the screening process, um, we'd be more than happy to connect with the community that way as well. And if we have some water books that we'd like to donate, do we call the school? Absolutely. Do we call the librarian? You can just come to the front office and drop them off. We will happily accept them. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be awesome, having a whole water library. I really, really like that idea. And what do you think the next project will be? Do you have any idea? So with this project wrapping up in April, um, and then we're on spring break. So I think, um, you know, post spring break, it'll it might be wrapping up um, just a lot of um, a lot of the current projects that we just have going on in classes. I think I would use that time, those last couple months, to talk with students about how they'd like next year to look. To look. Um, so maybe talking about what it would look like to focus on the garden next year and what we want the Gravity Water campaign next year to look like. Um, so kind of starting to set the set the groundwork for how we can really hit the ball running next year. I heard the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps they'll go and wonder about trees. You know, how does something so tiny become so huge? Huh? Is, does it be, does it depend on the environment, the species, what? And then you also would bring in the water feature, correct? Well, and that's the great part. Everything is so interconnected. So 
you know, we've spent time presenting and, and teaching and encouraging, nurturing these students to learn about different elements. Now we can start incorporating more and making those connections. What have we learned? You know, where can we go from here? In a couple of the sixth grade classes, we're going to be planting um, flowers soon. Um, and so watching the process, what does a flower need to grow? How does this relate to the global water crisis? How does this relate to, you know, X, Y, or Z? So again, having them pull meaning and make meaning and being a collaborative piece in that learning um, is something I think that's really special to an IB school. And may I ask once again about the field trips? How are those field trips funded or are you looking for funds for field trips? And then how do you do it? Do you have to rent a bus? So for the particular field trip um, last week with our sixth grade science camp, so the district provided buses to transport the students up um, to Cambria. Um, a lot of the funds come from the students themselves. So they'll fundraise, they might sell chocolates, um, they might get donations. Um, but we always, especially with the sixth grade fundraiser, um, if the student is unable to go because of financial reasons, we make sure that they're able to go. Um, so that's never an issue. So we will tap into whatever funds we need to, to make sure that they're able to participate in that piece of their education. Um, you know, as far as other fundraisers, we have um, one of our resource classes does a monthly coffee cart. So we get donations from um, The Bean uh, in Shell Beach, donates coffee, um, for our resource students to um, to use for their coffee cart. So they'll go around monthly to all the teachers and they'll practice interacting, uh, use just social interactions with adults, with students, handling money, um, pouring coffee. So a lot of those life skills and those funds that they receive from the donated coffee goes towards their field trip. So they went to Avila Barn and fall with some of those funds. So um, it's fun. It's, it's this cycle that's this self-sustaining cycle that um, we really try and, and generate here. And is music incorporated somewhere in the school? Music is as well. Yes, thank you for reminding me. So we do have music here um, weekly for classes as well. Um, so we have a visiting um, music teacher who comes and he works with the students. Um, and so they get that piece in their education as well. It's all-encompassing. All-encompassing. That's the hope. Um, I know there's been a lot of funds that have been cut, you know, across across the board, especially in the arts. Um, so we're lucky to still be able to, to have those elements, um, to have those elements at our disposal. And how many of these students that you have say, I want to grow up to be just like you? <laughs> there are a couple that are intrigued. They asked me, first off, they asked me what in the world I actually do for my job, which is a great question. Um, <laughs> so it's a little bit of anything and everything. Um, so um, yeah, I, I think I've, I've worked a lot with I've worked so closely with them that they're able to see that, you know, a counselor isn't just somebody who works one-on-one -on -one with students. Yes, it's very much that. It's very much also working with groups and focusing on, you know, mental health as that comes up. It's, of course, a huge piece of my job. But the other part is also, in, in my eyes, to be able to reach all students at our campus. Um, and that means creating a community um, between grades, in groups, um, between teachers and between students. Um, and so for me, that's one piece that I've really tried working on fostering here in this developing counseling program. And will you stay at this school? I hope so. If they'll have me back, <laughs> that's my plan. I mean, do you have to re-interview every year? So we don't have to re-interview. So we're fortunate our district actually was able to place um, 
counselors at every elementary school this year. Um, so we got funding for that through our district. And so um, the hope is that, you know, we'll be able to continue our work here and hopefully lighten the burden for counselors later on down the road by focusing more on early intervention and prevention techniques um, and, and, and causes. So, um, and that, that's why I think too, focusing so much on reaching all students, not just the ones who are maybe identified for a little bit extra support. I think that's gonna be ultimately what's helpful in building this sense of community, of belonging, so that students can take that moving forward with them in middle school, in high school, and after high school as well. And we want to thank Dr. Electric, Miss Etiquette, Diamond Jewelry and Loan, Jim Dritzis, Bruce Van Vork, the Cop Dental Group, Pismo Dice, Sierra Body Shop, Royal Grandy Home and Garden, Doug McMillan, the Natural Toolbox with Roxy Buchanan, Couts' Chevron, Elizabeth Head Insurance Services, the United Way of San Luis Obispo County, Grindauer Real Estate, and Splash Cafe. Hmm. You provide lunch for children there? We do. We have breakfast and lunch provided for every student. And is that through the, is that through the district? So after COVID, um, we now are able to, with funding from the state, provide um, those meals for every student. Um, those who, you know, wish to bring their own lunch, of course, are able to do that as well. Um, but if not, we want to make sure that, you know, food insecurity is something that we're also taking a look at as well. Every student has a right to breakfast, to lunch, and if we can provide that, absolutely we will. And then if some somebody listening, which we have millions and thousands of people listening to this show, if they want to do something for the school, what is it they should do? Should they call the principal and say, you know, I have time, I have I have the financial well-being to donate some money. What is it I can do? Is that the approach? Yes. So that's definitely one approach. So again, if you have a family that's you know involved with the school at all, talking with those families directly, they get a lot of information about upcoming raffles, upcoming events, things like that. I think um, contacting the front office directly as well and figuring out, you know what, I want to participate. I want to see how I can support this school. We're always accepting um, donations like that. And in particular, um, with this particular project, um, I'm happy to talk more with, with listeners one-on-one. -on -one. All they have to do is call our school um, and, um, and you know, ask for me and ask a little bit more about the Gravity Water Project. They want well, to let's have your, uh, may we have the phone number, please? Absolutely. So it is 805-474-3770. And then is that, will that take us directly to you or do you have an extension? So I have an extension, yes. So my extension is 6120. That's such a great extension number. Thank okay. you for that. And then uh, let's give the login information again. If people want to see exactly what it is you're doing, it's gravitywater.org forward slash Grover. Oh. <laughs> Backslash, backslash, Grover hyphen beach hyphen elementary hyphen school dot HTML. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, again, if anyone is interested in, in um, donating, they can do so directly through the link on that webpage. They can also drop off a check made out to Gravity Water to our um, front office. Um, and then we'll be able to add that to our ultimate goal of $2,500. So, we're on our way, but we still have a ways to go. So, um, any generosity is is much appreciated. And we thank you very much. I told you it would be 
a wonderful show to present to our listeners. And it is a wonderful show. We want to thank you. And hopefully you'll keep up with us when you move on to the next project. Yes, uh, that's the hope. That's the plan. It's, you know, the students are already on a roll, so can't stop them now. Well, thank you very much. And we want to thank our sound engineer, because you can't do anything without a sound engineer. And uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We hope that you'll tune in next week. And you were listening to Sierra Robertson, who is a counselor at Grover Beach Elementary School, which includes an entire block in South Grover. Thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Fismo Beach Today Show with Anita Schauer on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. For comments, questions, and to hear this broadcast in its entirety, find the podcast at 920kvec.com. The 920KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920KVEC.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.